This is the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. Good morning, podcast world, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of The Ear, The Evangelical and Reform. Today, we're going to ask another key question about prayer, and that topical question is, to whom should I pray and why? And today's co-host is Mr. Gordon, and Mr. Gordon, say hey to everybody. Hey, everybody. This is Gordon Duncan. All right. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for a living. Uh, thank you, Brandon. My name is Gordon Duncan, and I'm a pastor in the Northern Virginia area. Um, I'm part of the Presbyterian Church of America, the PCA. Um, I have been a minister, I guess this is my 16th year. Um, I spent a couple of years as an assistant, uh, and then I planted a church in Garner, North Carolina, which is right outside of Raleigh. Uh, and then in 2013, moved up here to Fredericksburg, Virginia, and uh, planted my second church. Uh, so, uh, yep, 16 years of ministry, and I'm married uh, to my wife, Amy, and we have three children. So that's sort of a, a quick bio of who I am. Nice. What is the name of your latest church you created? The uh, name of our church is Evident Grace Fellowship. And so the idea behind that was uh, the purpose of our church is that as God's grace has been made evident to us, we want to make it evident to the community around us. And that's what we're attempting to do. Nice. Now, are you part of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, or are you part of a different denomination? We're part of the PCA, the PCA. Presbyterian Church in America. And so the PCA uh, broke off of the larger PCUSA in 1973. And so we are a conservative, confessional uh, Presbyterian Church. Nice, nice. Okay. Perfect, perfect. By the way, I have a good bit of friends that are part of the PCA. <laughs> so. Oh, I'm glad. Lots of good folks. They really yeah. are. Uh, really, really good folks. I, I came from a Southern Baptist background. My father was a retired Southern Baptist minister. And so through a lot of study and through a lot of friends and that kind of thing, eventually became uh, Presbyterian, PCA, and confessional. And that was a good long process for me, uh, but being PCA was definitely a choice. And uh, I've enjoyed being part of the denomination. Nice, nice. All right. Well, let's go ahead and dive on into today's topical question. To whom should I pray? And I like to add, and why? So mm -hmm. let's go ahead and get started. So, Mr. Gordon, to whom should we pray? Well, you know, what a great question. And, and, and Brandon, I know you and I interacted with some articles online. Uh, you know, uh, in a typical sense, uh, I mean, we're, we're going to follow Jesus's example and commandment that he gives us in uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And so we're going to address our prayers to the Father, uh, uh, Heavenly Father. Um, we're going to uh, do that in a sense through the name of Jesus. That gives us our access and our right to talk to the Father. And we talk about that a little bit. And then we do it through the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I, don't, I don't have anything greatly unique to approach in that, but I mean, typically the, the father is uh, the father of good gifts, and it's the same way that we've consistently been approached in the Old Testament. And uh, because of the work of Jesus Christ, his his perfect life, his his uh, death uh, for our sins, and then his resurrection for our hope, um, we come in his name. We get the the right to approach the Father through the name of Jesus, and then we have the empowering work of the Holy Spirit who who enables our prayers, informs our prayers, uh, prays for us when we can't. Um, but yeah, we, we address him to the Father, who is the Father of all good gifts, the, the Creator and, and, and our Redeemer, I mean, excuse me, our Justifier. 
Amen. Amen. All right. So looking at the article, because that's uh, that's going to be the main uh, source today that we use along with some yeah. Bible scripture, because I think a lot of people will get into the argument of which part of the Trinity to pray to. You know, yeah. I like to mm-hmm. obviously and, and this is just me personally, I'm not I'm not disacknowledging Christ, if you will, but I like to pray to the father as Jesus mm-hmm. commanded us to. And I like to seal it by the name of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my prayer kind of in, in, encompasses the whole Trinity, acknowledging mm-hmm. and praying to the Father, stamping it with the name of Jesus Christ. And then through the power of the Holy Spirit, it's being, you know, it's being pushed up and sent out, if yeah. you will. So that's how I'll do it. But looking at the article... The very first sentence, and I'm not going to even try to pronounce the Latin, but mm-hmm. it states that the law of prayer is the law of believing. You know, so some person would say, well, I pray to Jesus Christ, you know, and I believe in my prayer. Some would say, I pray through the power of the Holy Spirit and I believe in my prayer. Most will say, I pray to the Father and I believe in my prayer mm-hmm. and I believe in the in the Trinity and the deity of God. But the problem, there's, well, correction, no problem there. Um, but the issue is, if you say you believe, are you believing in your prayer or are you believing in the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Trinity, if you will? So that, that is, that's a great question. That really is. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. That's a fantastic question. No, go ahead. Please do. Yeah. Well, uh, there is there, there are plenty of movements um, uh, culturally in religion or even in Christianity that feel as if uh, the efficacy or the power of our prayer comes down to just how strongly we believe in that prayer of itself. And uh, certainly we're commanded uh, by all things to approach uh, God through, uh, through faith and trusting Him. But uh, our power, if you will, it, our, our, our power of belief is always uh, to whom we pray, the object of our prayer. Not, not how strongly I believe in the thing I'm praying for. So let's say I'm praying for uh, a new job or I'm praying for someone who's sick. Those are all very valid things to approach God with. Um, the, the power I have, the only power I'm promised, is the power that God has to answer that prayer and to work through my prayers, uh, not how strongly I believe I need a job. And so I, I take my needs to God and, and I offer them to Him, um, but my, the, the power of my belief is, is in him, that, that God has the ability to answer that prayer. And then, of course, what I, we should do, according to our example from Christ, is we offer that, that desire, that petition, that want, ultimately saying that what I, what's best here, God, is not my will, but yours. Correct. And so I, I, I do think there is some misguidance uh, in some religious teaching uh, in the Church, that talks about just how strongly we have to believe in the thing we want. And, and that runs dangerously close to some, some non-Christian beliefs like the law of attraction. And I don't think we need to get into all that necessarily. We can. But uh, our power only comes from the one who can grant all things. Amen. Um, and so, and, and if you don't mind, I'd love to speak a little bit about who we address, because you brought it up a minute ago, uh, the, 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 in, in terms of like who we speak to. Uh, I mean, I know the the Sermon on the Mount 
tells us, I mean, it gives us that pattern, right? We, we, we address the Father. Uh, I don't think anywhere in Scripture we would find uh, sin by addressing the other members of the Trinity. Um, I think what helps us guide those, uh, theologically, there's something called the economic use of the Trinity. And so if you don't mind me going in this, I Please. hope it's not too much of a rabbit trail. But the economic use of the Trinity says that, of course, the, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one, equal in power and substance. They, they're one. They are. Uh, economically means, though, that each one of them um, fulfills a, a certain purpose within the Godhead. So I'm never going to say that the Holy Spirit died on the cross. I mean, the, Jesus, he, his economic purpose, if you will, is to uh, be the Savior of sinners and to be our sacrifice. And, and so... When we understand uh, the pursuit of who God is, and we understand well, what role, equally, but what role did the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit perform, uh, then that does inform my prayers. So when I need support, when, when, I need, uh, when, I, when I feel at the end of myself, it, it's completely justified to me to say, Spirit, sustain me. Mm, because that's the, that's the role of the Spirit, right? The role of the Spirit is to sustain me. Uh, if I'm fighting temptation, I can say, Holy Spirit, protect me in this moment of temptation, because that's the role. Um, when, when, I, I'm like, when I'm struggling for that provision, right? I was like, Heavenly Father, please, I, I, I mean, please heal. Please get, I mean, we need this job. I mean, uh, it, when we pursue a deeper understanding of who the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is, when we understand those things, it then informs our prayers. And, and our prayers find depth, um, because we're learning to address our needs to the Trinity. Wonderfully, God is gracious, right? Of course, he is. I, can, I can say, Jesus, please sustain me, and, and that prayer is legitimate when offered by faith. But the beauty of the Trinity and, and the complexity and depth of, of who God is and that doctrine, when, when we understand it greater, our prayers find new depth. Hmm. And that's one of the beautiful things, that uh, pursuing understanding God in depth isn't a mere academic exercise. It informs our faith and increases our faith. And so um, I hope that's not too long-winded, but just in, in, our, in our prayers, uh, typically we follow the, 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 the prayers that Jesus gave us in Sermon on the Mount, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But there are definitely times where we can address individual members of the Trinity according to what they've done economically. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that brings us to, you know, that verse in the Bible where it says, Abba, Father. I wish I knew what the, what the Greek was for father because I would say the whole Greek term. We cry out, Abba, Father. Jesus cried mm -hmm. out, Abba, Father. You know, and mm -hmm. it's, it's that, hey, Dad. Yeah, it's, it's that, that intimate, exactly. intimate name for God. Yeah, yeah. It's that personal, yeah. well, I messed up, Dad. But you got me, right, Dad? You know? Mm -hmm. Yep, <laughs> it, that's it. That's a beautiful way to look at it. It, it, is. it brings us back to, and, and if you're a listener and you don't really know the Bible too well, we're going to kind of go into this a little bit. But it brings us back to the prodigal son. You yep. know, how he took his dad's inheritance and he went out and splandered it and he just, you know, indulged in all kinds of sin. But at the same time, when he figured out, oh boy, I messed up. Mm-hmm. I got to go home. I got to face my dad. He's going to hate me. He might even kill me. I might be that sacrifice for that day. But the son gets himself up, goes forward. And before he even gets to his dad, his dad's running to him. 
you know, and that's the same kind of love that that God gives to us through the Son of Jesus, through His Son Jesus Christ. Yes, yes. Jesus is the faithful Son, right? I mean, He's the faithful Son, and, and we find ourselves being uh, unfaithful, right? And and as we approach as we approach our Father, that that Abba, that Daddy like term, we find that the Heavenly Father has been scanning the distance lovingly for right. us to return. Uh, that removes the the stain of guilt and shame, and so we return and, and and we're welcomed in in those moments of repentance. It's a it's a beautiful intimate picture of the heavenly Father when we come to Him in prayer and confession. Right, right. If you don't mind, I would like to read where that verse came from, and it comes from Galatians uh, Galatians four chapter six. Actually, I'm going to go back to five Galatians four five through six. It says to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoptions as sons. And in six, six says, because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, father, verse seven. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. And that is such an intimate verse from the word of God, from the mouth of God to the people of God, you know, so it's, it's, it's wonderfully intimate. It's also encompasses the Trinity. I mean, uh, you know, Abba father and then Christ and the spirit of Christ himself. And the intention of that intimacy in that verse is that we cry out. I mean, the, the intention of that is for us to embrace God as an intimate father and the spirit enables to do that through Christ. It's just beautiful verses, uh, just devotionally, just beautiful verses. And that's why I like to, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm supposed to read just chap- just verse six, but I like to give you more than just a one verse mm-hmm. because sometimes Always. passages can speak volume just as much as a verse can. Very much so. Very you know? much so. Now, I want to look at another part of the article. I'm going to read a little bit of it. It says that biblical prayer is ordinarily to be addressed to the Father in the name of the Son by enabling power, by the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. So... This is my reading in context, if you will. This is what I get when I read that passage. It's basically stating, and I said it earlier, it's basically saying that when you pray, you're praying to the Godhead. Mm-hmm. You're praying to the Father in the name of the Son by the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. What is your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the author does a great job there of reminding us that the ordinary way of prayer is in that sense of addressing Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, and so th- those are our, our, our regular pattern devotions. Uh, those are times where the congregation and church is led. Um, uh, the author does a great job to, to not go too far. To go too far would to say uh, that we can't address Christ, we can't address the Spirit. Right. Um, but the ordinary, the ordinary means by which we would do that is to address uh, the Godhead in the same way that we see that pattern by Christ, and we see that pattern through uh, the saints in the New Testament uh, post-Christ's work, that um, let, uh, the Father is the giver of all good gifts. Absolutely. And so we're, we're, ordinarily, we're going to address the Father of all good gifts, and, and the only way that I as a sinner can do that is in the name of Jesus, that, that He gives me access to the Father— because I stand there with Jesus' goodness. 
I stand there with the payment of my sin through Jesus. That's the only way I can have access to ever ask of anything. And, and the Spirit enables me. The, the indwelling of God moves me mm. to do that. And, and those are the ordinary means. Uh, but, of course, uh, uh, the uh, I, I don't know if it's extraordinary, I guess in the technical term, the extraordinary way are just moments when we address Christ in immediacy for a need, or we Christ address the Spirit for immediacy for uh, inspiration or, or uh, illumination or those type things. I'm, I'm just coming across a lot of scripture. <laughs> um, yeah, good. There's lots of... <laughs> on a lot of things that you're saying, but, you know, you said something earlier on in the, in the interview that the power of God, the power God has to answer that prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, now I, I broke it off at that point cause I thought that was good enough in itself. This brings me to one of my responses that I got from the survey I did. I did a survey, um, asking this very same question to whom should I pray and why a guy by the name of Dan, uh, he didn't put his last name, which is fine. Um, he answered the question basically saying you should pray to no one. Prayer is use is a useless construct to make that person praying feel like they're doing something without actually doing anything Mm. Mm. that when i read it i'm not gonna lie i was pretty furious you know because i'm always wanting positive whenever i do a survey i forget that a survey is a survey i'm going to get any and all kinds of responses i look at it as if you're not christian don't answer but at the same time we're still supposed to pray and teach them if they do answer like this but when i read this statement you know, you should pray to no one. You know, prayer is a useless construct. What about prayer is useless? Well, I mean, for and I don't know Dan, so we're gonna we're gonna take Dan uh, off of what he wanted to share with us, right? And so, uh, for Dan to feel like that prayer is useless, uh, well, for it to be useless, Dan feels like that there's no there's no impact. There's there's no actual change of any sort um, or any purpose of it. Uh, he, he called it a construct. So uh, it sounds like Dan believes that prayer is a, a coping mechanism for people to make themselves feel better. And uh, whereas uh, if, if prayers are misdirected, that might very well be the case. If, I, if I'm praying to an impersonal spirit or uh, good vibes or, you know, some of that language that gets used today, if, if, if prayers are not uh, pointed towards and focused to the one who can actually answer them, then that's true. Uh, but um, the Heavenly Father, the creator of all things, the, the, the giver of all good gifts, the, 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 the father of the people of God, uh, he has uh, not only power, but he has all power. Hmm. And, uh, so, and, and it requires faith. I mean, that goes back to the beginning of the article, right? I mean, prayer is faith. And, and so, uh, in that faith, we have trust and belief in, in the only hope that we have for any real change. And, and, and I don't want to get too far ahead of a question you might ask, but, but some might ask, well, are you saying that you're changing God? Hmm. I mean, that may be, and, and I would offer, um, no, I'm not changing God in any way. I, I don't want to serve a God who capriciously changes his mind really quickly. Uh, that, that's, that, <laughs> that, that would be too much like me. <laughs> right. um, but, but God ordains and takes pleasure to use my prayers 
to fulfill his purposes. Absolutely. So so when, when I pray for that someone would be healed, which is a very valid prayer, very much so, well, then God, God is going to use that prayer for his purposes. Absolutely. And his, his, purpose, his purpose may be to heal that person, or it may not be to heal that person. Um, I haven't persuaded him one way or the other. Right. I'm going to say uh, this. But what he's, what, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Finish up. I'm sorry. No, I was saying that what he's going to do, though, is use that prayer to strengthen my faith in him and use that prayer as evidence of his power in the life of the person he's going to heal. Amen. So a couple of weeks ago, I did an episode with Pastor Shane Folks out of uh, Eastside Baptist Church. Um, and our topic was, does prayer change things? And what, what Pastor Shane said was, you know, if we were to change the mind of God, because that was one of the questions, it'll be like taking sticks and kind of like hitting the ball in a direction you want it to go, which is, you know, the ball would be the mind of God. And that makes sense. We're, we can't change God's mind. Now, you also said that we pray um, that someone would be healed, which is a valid prayer. Absolutely. But here is the the catch. Like people will literally stop believing in God because they lose a loved one. For example, sure. Sure. this has happened to me. I've had a, a loved one die of cancer and another friend die of uh, aneurysm and some other stuff. And the prayer was, you know, God, please heal them. Simple prayer. Just, you know, heal them of their illness, get them yeah. back to restore them back to their original. Okay. Well, my prayer was answered, but it wasn't the way I wanted it because they mm -hmm. were healed in death, if you will. Yes. And a lot of people forget, okay, we're praying for, you know, for God to heal somebody. We're praying for a miracle, if you will. It's that person's time to go. They're going to be healed when they stand before the throne and when they walk through the pearly white gates. And understanding the death, you're 100% right. It's a testimony, and again, I don't want to slide over that. It's painful when you lose a loved one. I'm very sorry that that you lost uh, a loved one to cancer. Uh, it's wonderful that you, the, the comfort of the spirit that he's given you uh, in that answered prayer is that ultimately that, that loved one is going to be healed. And and then, but then we go into questions like, well, what about if a non-believer is not healed? Or what about if, if God has... Uh, pray, you know, we've prayed something that doesn't come about. There's not there's not that sort of a redemptive end at the end, at least is what it doesn't seem to us. Uh, and that's when we that's when we trust our brother Jesus, right? I mean, Jesus right. <laughs> said, uh, you know, I don't, I don't call him my servant anymore. I call him my brother. And and he would anguish. He did anguish, but mm -hmm. yet would still offer to God, uh, not my will, but yours be done. Right. And so in that prayer, it could be offered, well, God didn't answer Jesus' prayer right? Um, to, to take this cup from him. But, but Jesus ultimately knew that God's will is the answering of prayer, and that God's best for us, if we want to use that language, is his will. So if our prayers don't include, uh, not my will, but yours be done— to some element, to some distinction, our prayers are misguided. Hmm. Like the the prayer of faith says, but your will is best. I am merely offering to you the best I can see in this situation. 
or I'm merely offering to you, Father, my desire as your child. I'm just going to bring to you what I want. <laughs> but the prayer, of faith, the prayer of faith ultimately has to say, but your will be done. And when we struggle, and I understand that, I'm going to include myself in this, when we struggle with what appears to be unanswered prayers, there are times where I bet in my heart I, what I really wanted was my will, and, mm-hmm. and, and I wasn't content with God's will. Uh, and and I, I know I've seen that in my life, where God, why didn't you do this? Or why, why, why did this happen? Uh, well, did, did the prayer or faith I offer, did it really want God's will best? And, and often that's where we struggle, that we, we, what we really want is what we want, um, <laughs> not God's will. And, and I say that sympathetically because they're, they're really hard things we pray through like that, right? I mean, there's things that, that hurt and have great impact on us. And all we can do is say, God, please give me or do this for me. And as a child, we have that right. Uh, but ultimately, the best, the answering of God's prayers are always his will, always. Right. And that leads us to Matthew chapter 6, 9, which is the famous... You know what it is? <laughs> uh, that's the uh, Lord's Prayer. All right. Yes. Now, we covered this in another episode with my buddy Brian Rhodes, and he did an awesome job. We we actually took it line by line and broke it down on each part. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm only going to read the first verse, if you will. And it says, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. OK, when when we read that our father in heaven that clearly states that God is not subject to the world. He is, mm-hmm. he is not subject to time, space, or matter. He is other. He is in heaven. And then the next part says, hallowed be your name. I use the analogy of, uh, dishes like China, like fine China or, um, no, mm-hmm. I didn't. I think I used a car. I think it was a car, um, a Chevy Camaro or something that you, set that Chevy Camaro aside and you only use it for special occasions or you only pull it out on special time, you know, events or whatever. Well, when we set God's name apart, if you will, we don't just, we shouldn't just pull it out during special occasions like Easter, Christmas or Thanksgiving, you know, right, we, we right. should, we should set his name apart every day, giving him what is due. You know, he is the ultimate creator of this universe he gets and deserves all glory from all human beings um if the animals can can cry out and if the the rocks can cry out then why can't we and and uh, i love the way you're framing that i mean the the hallowedness if you can use that term of god's name is a recognition of his holiness right it is it is always yeah, we always, it's sacred, it's other, it's holy. We get to approach God through Jesus' holiness, if we have faith, right? I mean, his righteousness is ours. But we always approach it recognizing God's power, right. his holiness. How, how even as, as, as convinced as I am about the goodness of the thing I'm praying for, hmm. I must always recognize that God alone is perfect, holy, sacred, and other. Absolutely. So when I'm, if, if, if I'm disappointed or disillusioned or even angry about the perceived lack of answer from God, I must remind myself of the hallowedness of his name. He alone sees the hearts of man. He alone understands the motivations. He understands my motivations better than I do. He knows them. I have to 
pursue them and even then might deceive myself. <laughs> and so it, it begins with, God, you alone know all. You alone are perfect. Your motives aren't uh, mixed. You know, uh, it, 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 prayer is, is such a beginning of an intimate respectability, an intimate respectfulness of who God is. Right. And that's a funny phrase you said that his feelings aren't mixed, you know, because as relational human beings, we love, we hate, we we are mm -hmm. intimate with other humans, you know, so oftentimes we are mixed in our feelings. Yes. Now, I got six sisters, so I'm going to pick on the women for a minute, especially women. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, well, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> they'll probably kill me if they listen to this one. But anyway. they, they probably will. But, okay. <laughs> By the way, make sure I have a black coffin from a few. No, I'm joking. Um, yeah, be careful there. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but this this brings me to this point. You know, who is responsible for giving forgiveness? That's God. You know, who's mm -hmm. responsible for sending his son? That would be the father. You know, and, and the next part in this passage, in this article states that the father sent his son into the world to redeem sinners and to reconcile yep us to him so first the father yes. sent then the father redeems then the father reconciles yeah beautiful yeah. And, and and that's uh, to to whom else would we ordinarily pray to like why else right I mean, uh, exactly. again ordinarily of course ordinarily of course when we or when whenever we interact with someone who does not have faith in god through jesus christ the question uh, that should be asked in some way if you have the relationship is like what power is there personally to grant that prayer to you? Hmm. Yeah. And you know, the words that I used earlier was efficacy. What, 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 uh, how, how would anything actually come about through that prayer unless you are addressing the one to whom has all power, which is the father. That's right. Absolutely. Right. And, what is that famous verse? I think everybody knows it. Non-believers. What is it? John three sixteen. What does that say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For God to love the world. Yeah. He gave His only begotten Son, and whoever believes yeah. in Him should never perish. You know. And I'm looking. Right. I'm going to be looking at Corinthians five eighteen through nineteen. I'm trying to turn to it because uh, that's a great parallelation or parallelation. That's not even a word. <laughs> that's a great. Um, I'm losing my words here. Okay. It okay. is it is early in the morning though. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter five verses eighteen through nineteen state this. Let's see. Well, let me go back to seventeen. I'll start there. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Verse eighteen. All this is from God, who through Christ reconcile us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation verse 19 that is in christ and that is in christ god who reconciled the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation this passage when i read over it earlier this passage made me think of several things one Again, he sent his son. He, mm -hmm. he reconciled us to himself. But then it states that he doesn't count our trespasses. And that's because mm -hmm. of the 
the power of Christ on the cross and his blood that was shed. No disrespect to Jesus. We don't pray directly to him. Although I do believe that if we do pray to Christ, his, our prayers are still answered no matter which way the cut goes. But there's a saying that says, give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I hold very, very that like that is probably one of my strongest models, morals that I follow. You know, I am all about giving credit or credit is due. So if God, the father, if Yahweh or Elohim or El Elyon or whatever name you want to call God, um, that is that he announces as himself. If he is the one that orchestrated all of this and then in our sinfulness sent a resolution, then he gets the addressing in the prayer. He gets the first mm-hmm. our father or dear heavenly father or father God, however you open your prayer. So to whom should and, I and it, go ahead? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I mean, and, and, and when we look at Christ's example, if you look, if you look at the book of uh, John, mm-hmm. and this is played out over and over again. Jesus just keeps saying, Hey, I only say what the father told me to say. Yeah. Hey, I, I only only do what the Father told me to do. And so Christ's ministry uh, flowed out of that sending from the Father. And, and, and Christ keeps that in mind over and over and over again. Right. And it, it helps us, um, both in our devotional life and our prayers, to keep that in mind that we're, we're addressing the Father through whom Christ was sent. Uh, but then that Second Corinthians passage you just mentioned, we now have a ministry of reconciliation because we are reconciled. Well, then our ministry flows out in the same way. We are sent out by God mm-hmm. through the work of Jesus empowered by the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. So when you look at that, one of the things that I look at is the, the question is, to whom should I pray? And, and our response would be, some would say to the Godhead. So when you look mm-hmm. at when you look at the whole Trinity, if you will, if it's literally displayed in front of our faces and we look at the three parts of the Trinity and John does such a beautiful job with Christ literally pointing back to the father at the same time, pointing to the Holy Spirit while he is lifting up God. He's in a sense, pulling himself down to make himself well, not make himself because he's completely understands and knows what a human is like. He is making sure that the human understands that, look, yes, I am Christ. I feel your pain. I live this. I know. I understand it. But if you just keep your faith and you pray to the Father and you point to the Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be comforted. You're going to have this this sense of um, peace by praying to the mm-hmm. Father. And and you're yeah. right. Jesus gives us that example in John throughout the whole book of John. He's went on a rampage. Over and over again. <laughs> Yeah, but it's just, he does it over and over again. I mean, uh, I'm just doing what God told me to do. I'm just doing what he, I'm only speaking what he's told me to speak. And there's that, that, uh, that hallowedness of the mission uh, comes from the sending nature of God that Jesus does there for us. Right, right. All right, all right, all right. You care about your business. That's why preformed and prepackaged approaches to marketing do not help. Because of that, CTP Marketing and Consulting seeks to understand you, your product, and your services, and they will partner with you in creating a customized approach to meet your marketing needs. 
Towards that end, CTP offers traditional print marketing, social media services, SEO, event coordination, campaign creation, fundraising, and a host of other services. Reach out to them today and see if this personal approach to marketing can help you grow your business. You can find them at ctpmarketplace.com or you can email them at admin at ctpmarketplace.com that's admin at ctpmarketplace.com reach out to them today for their free evaluation and see if they can help you grow your business and help you meet your goals all right now we're going to look at some uh, responses that I got from the survey only about five people responded actually six because you're giving your interview <laughs> all right we're yeah. gonna, we're gonna look at uh a guy by the name of John LaBeouf. John LaBeouf actually has a, a podcast too. It's called uh, Creative Coping. And he, yeah, John's a really good guy. Really yeah, good guy. He answered the question as well, and his response was, "Let me get to it." He points to scripture. He says that Jesus, because as stated in First Timothy two five, states that he is the only mediator between God and Son. So, I'm what I'm guessing John is trying to say is, you pray to Jesus. Okay, mm -hmm. and he's probably looking at the fact that Jesus would be our intercessor, you know, because sure. he came, died on the cross, bled for our sins, and you know, during judgment, God's uh, Jesus is going to be standing next to the Father, and the Father's going to judge, and Jesus will say something like, you know, no, this one's been covered by my blood; he's forgiven. You know, and I think that's where John is looking at it from that aspect. What do you well, What do you say about that? Well, it, incredibly important for us to always keep in mind that, that Christ is our mediator between God and man. And so the mediator is the one by which we're granted access. And uh, we see that uh, through the sense of example and command to pray in Jesus's name. Mm. We pray in Jesus's name because he's our mediator. He's the one who grants us access to the Father. And so, again, uh, crying out to Jesus and praying for Jesus uh, is, is completely good and right. Uh, but um, the ordinary means is to address the Father by means of Jesus' mediation, his being mediator. So, so when that verse says he's the mediator, that's the same thing as saying, uh, you know, in Jesus' name. Uh, we, we only have access to the Father through Jesus. And right. so we, of course, can say, you know, uh, Christ, please. You know, I mean, there, it's completely right and okay to pray to him. Um, but the ordinary means of that is that we're praying through the name of Jesus. Uh, his mediation allows us access to the Father. So uh, that that's where I would uh, fall on that. Again, um, if I really pray to Jesus and Jesus and Jesus, his prayers are heard. They're not rejected. They're not less strong. Um, but I, I understand that mediation to be the means that we pray in Jesus' name. Right. That's why I said, you know, when I pray, I like to encompass the whole Trinity. You acknowledge and mm -hmm. you, you acknowledge the Father through the name of the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, so you're padding. I don't want to use the word padding, but you're, <laughs> you know, I know what you're, <laughs> you're not making your prayer stronger. You're acknowledging the Godhead as one, if you will. Yeah. Just like the verse that we talked about that encompasses the whole Trinity. You know, so my response to John would be, um, yeah, you can pray to Christ, but just be careful because some people often will take the Trinity and split it into three separate entities, three separate beings, if you will. 
You know, so we have to be careful when we pray to, I'm not going to say be careful when you pray to Jesus, but just be careful with your meaning of prayer when it comes to who you pray to, because you don't want to not acknowledge God and, and God doesn't exist, if you will, because you, you know, yes, Jesus is our mediator. He's our savior. He's our Lord. He's Christ. He's everything we need. Yes. But just keep in mind that when we pray, we have to acknowledge the creator God. We have to acknowledge Certainly. Elohim. You know, so Certainly. next one, uh, we already read Dan's response. His was on the negative side. Now, I have a friend. I'm not going to mention his name, but he will listen to this podcast and he will know exactly what we're talking about. And we're not bashing the Catholic faith. But his response was, uh, say the Hail Mary regularly. She is the queen. Um, and hold on. She is the queen. And a man has a hard time denying his mother's request. Now, when I read this, I knew exactly what he meant. And to an extent, I agree with the last portion of it that a man has a hard time denying his mother's request, um, especially my grandmother. But mm -hmm. what would be your response to that one? Well, and, and I wanted to be as respectful as possible. Um, but the, the passage that John mentioned earlier, I mean, Christ is the mediator between God and sinful man. And, and the scriptures never present anybody. Uh, Mary or any other saint as a mediator. The, the qualification for a mediator between God and sinful man and uh, humanity is that mediator must have lived a life of perfection, um, ha have died the sacrifice of sin and, re and resurrected. That's the only way we would have access, that, our, our, that we have a righteousness that's not ours, that our sins have been paid for, and that we, we have this resurrection hope. And so Mary doesn't qualify. Um, I know that the Catholic Church holds to uh, the perpetual virginity of Mary. They hold to um, a, a perfection of Mary. Um, I, I don't see those things in Scripture. I don't. Um, and even if those things were there, uh, Mary didn't mediate the covenant and didn't mediate between God and sinful uh, humanity. So uh, I, I, can't, I can't pray to Mary because Mary doesn't mediate for me. Um, I've never been commanded to pray in Mary's name. Uh, uh, only Christ grants me access to the Father. The, um, I don't mean this uh, pejoratively, but the colloquialism that a man has a hard time uh, denying the command of his mother, uh, I, I don't have to get Mary to convince Jesus of anything. Because I have access to Jesus and the Father. And so I, I, I could not recommend anybody at all to pray to Mary. She, she, she isn't the mediator of our sins, according to Scripture. Right. And then you said something a while back that um, God uses things for his glory. And Mary was used for God's glory and for his purpose. You know, and Certainly. respect to her for being that, that humble person and that purity person that was selected. You know, but yes, I agree. And yes, my person, will, he'll probably text me with a bunch of questions, but I'm okay with that. You know, we're good friends. We can talk about this like adults. But yeah, I, I can't see myself praying to Mary or the Hail Mary prayer or any of the saints, you know. Um, even the, the disciples would have gone bunkers on someone for praying to them, you know. 
who was the disciple mm-hmm. that that dealt with the sorcerer that you know tried to? Oh, oh, forgive me. I oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I don't remember which one, but he was resoundingly rebuked. And uh, yeah, I mean the the bigger thing here for Mary is just that the scriptures don't command this or give it as an example. Right. Um, uh, the picture of uh, the concert of saints in heaven. Uh, observing what we do is a wonderful picture, um, but that's not enough of, um, there's no commandment there, there's no example there uh, to give us any sense that we should pray to Mary or any other saint. It's just not commanded, and it's not given by example. And anytime we begin to form a theology that doesn't have those basics of commandment or example, we just got to be really, really careful. Um, of course, uh, we like, for example, we can formulate a doctrine of the Trinity. And, and so doctrine, doctrinal formulation happens, um, but they've got to be theologically consistent with everything else in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have a command. We don't have an example. And it's not possible to create a doctrinal formulation for praying to Mary because we already have a clear cut example. This is what it looks like to pray pray in this way. Those are the kind of examples and commands of Scripture, and none of those include Mary. And so that, because of that, I just, I just couldn't include it or recommend it. All right. Well, moving on to the next person. I think his name is Andreas. Um, I think he might have a podcast, too. I'm not sure. But he um, responded by saying, after reading R.A. Torrey's book, The Work of the Person of the Holy Spirit, we should pray through the spirit according to his will to ask the father to provide help manifest in Jesus name. I think I know what he means, but I don't want to butcher it. Um, I, well, I have not read that book, so I, I must admit that I, I don't know if you have or not, but I mean, I, I begin with not, um, not being familiar with that, with that book, but praying through Jesus, praying through the spirit, to Jesus to help manifest in his name. There's some real loaded terms in there. And I, I, and just like you, I don't want to assume too much. Um, but, uh, manifest language typically comes from, um, uh, it's often attached to a a theology. Uh, I I don't want to necessarily cast it in the, the health and wealth, uh, camp, though that camp uses that language, um, but typically manifest language in the Holy Spirit is usually attached to a theology of, well, I, I'm praying for the Spirit, and I'm, uh, my mighty power of belief is going to bring about this thing, and uh, that that goes back to what we talked about earlier is, is, is some potentially dangerous language, um, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's the best I can. Without without knowing more, having read that book, that would be my first impression. Yeah, the only time I, I try to use the word manifest is when I'm praying that God would manifest himself to the hearts of the unbelievers. You know, God would show himself to those people, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Sure, so, sure. But he, that was a good response. I, I have to give it to him. That was a pretty good response. Um, And then uh, one of my buddies read the question wrong, but I'm going to read his response because it's, it's something we need mm-hmm. to do anyway. He said, pray for the whole country because it's going, <laughs> it's going downhill fast. There's people shooting up places for no reason and just have 
God's spirit touch the earth. Now, obviously, this is a prayer we all should be praying nonstop as long as we can pray it until we get our last breath. But this brings me to this. Um, we have a Westminster catechism. I don't know. Um, do you all subscribe to that one? I think so. Yes, we do. Okay. Yes, we do. That was a dumb statement, Brandon. You knew that. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, but question 101 says this. For what do we pray in the first request? And then it, the answer is, in the first request, hallowed be your name. We pray that God will enable us and others to glorify him in everything he uses to make himself known. Okay. And that he will work out everything in his own glory. And then the passages that back that up if for your own personal research there to my listeners, look at Psalm 67, one through three, second Thessalonians chapter three, verse one, Psalm 145, the whole uh, uh, poem, if you will, Psalm 83, Isaiah 64, one through two, and then Romans 11, 63, you know, so when reading that, that question, you know, question one on one in the shorter catechism. For what do we pray for? Pray in first request. Clearly, it's the Father. Hallowed be His name. You know, and His will mm -hmm. cannot be done on earth if it's not done in heaven first. You know. Um. Yeah. In uh, in a wonderful. I mean, I think the West, the shorter catechism does a great job of, of making this thing succinct for us. When when I hear your prayer, your friends um, answer. Um. You know, and I, so I'm just going to speak personally here for a minute. I don't pray for the nation as in the nation. I mean, I, I and I may just be splitting hairs here. I just try to pray for the hearts of people. Mm -hmm. um, um, I'll give you an example. So I drop my girls off at school uh, several times a week. And one of the prayers is that they go to public schools. So one of the prayers I pray is, you know, Father, please protect them and restrain any that would seek to do them or anyone else harm. Hmm. And that goes to address the issue he was just mentioning, right? The people getting shot and that kind of thing. So uh, I don't necessarily pray for the nation because the, the nation in and of itself doesn't have a heart. I, I pray for, uh, you know, people. And so I'm not saying that prayer is wrong by any stretch of the imagination. It's just that I pray for people. I'm like, they're gonna, uh, you know, with, with the hearts of the people in this country, be transformed. And I'm sure that's what he means. I'm sure yeah, that I don't need yeah. to slice that out. But, um, but yeah, I, I listen. Uh, what are we going to pray for? We, we do need to be praying for the hearts of the people in this country. And, and we there is an immense amount of heartache um, from uh, people being shot, mass discrimination, uh, sexual abuse. There's there's so many tragedies going on in this day, and, and I pray that God would just restrain uh, that evil. And that he would protect those in the line of that hurt. I really do. Right. And I pray that the gospel of grace is preached throughout the entire world. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and wonderfully faithful biblical prayer. Yeah. So, yeah, that ends our discussion. Do you have anything you want to add that you want the listeners to hear? You know, I, I can't imagine. I mean, uh, Brandon, I appreciate you creating a forum like this um, because, uh, one, uh, I, I appreciate your desire to make this conversation as biblical as possible. It's very easy for our ideas of prayer 
um, to be formulated outside of biblical commands and example. It really is. Uh, we get into a habit of prayer or curiosity of prayer. So I just want to say thank you. I want to affirm you for putting together a forum like this, uh, and especially your desire uh, to make this, this forum as biblical as possible. So thank you. Yeah, that that's my goal is, you know, that's why <clears throat> the name we have is the name we have. <clears throat> yeah. You know, evangelical yeah. and reform, but our my slogan, it is a Bible verse, Matthew eleven fifteen. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You know, but I want to go further and say that if I can teach you and if I can help you understand something, by all means, use this platform to grow your faith. But this is not a replacement yeah. for church, if you will. You know. Exactly. Exactly. This is just a, a supplement to help you understand you know, biblical teachings more, you know, I'm not a theologian. I'm not a pastor. I'm not, I didn't go to seminary yet. Um, so that's why I like to seek out pastors that have already made that journey and I'm hoping to follow in the near future. So, well, thank you. Thank you. I I can really appreciate you reaching out and I've greatly enjoyed our conversation. I really have. Well, thank you. Well, go ahead and tell us how we can find you on social media platforms and tell us about your podcast. Uh, thank you. Uh, so my podcast is called This Is Gonna Hurt. Um, you can find it at anchor.fm forward slash this is gonna hurt, or you can find it on everywhere. You can find it on iTunes or Spotify, wherever it may be. Um, the focus of the podcast is four areas, faith, family, fitness, and finances. And it's called This Is Gonna Hurt because if we're gonna make growth and change in any of those four areas, it's going to hurt. We're gonna have to stop doing something and start doing something else. And so <laughs> We, we go through one of those four topics every time. Um, I post three days a week. The Monday is either uh, just uh, thoughts of mine or an interview. Wednesday, I post my sermons uh, from the church I preach, uh, which is Evident Grace Fellowship. And then Friday, I just do a little five-minute Friday, which is just a thought or a nugget to get to the weekend. Uh, you can find me at most places, Facebook, Instagram. Just look for Gordon Duncan, and uh, you'll find me there. Um, there's a couple of places I'm J Gordon Duncan, and that's because uh, Gordon Duncan was taken by someone else. Uh, but yeah, you can find me in most of those places. I'd love for you to support the podcast. And um, uh, right now I'm probably spending most of my time on Instagram, but I spend a lot of time on Facebook as well. So you can usually find me there. Okay. Yeah, it's funny. You do your Friday uh, inspirational talks. I do a motivation Monday or a motivational Monday. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And I well, just I just it, started that. And the unfortunate thing is I'm probably going to end it in June. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. But, I mean, uh, we, we've got to figure out what's best for our schedule consistently and then also uh, what, what content our listeners are going to consume. But uh, in the podcast world, and I know you know this, the, the biggest thing we can do is just be consistent. And so whatever we're finding to do, if we're going to do a Monday, you just got to do a Monday every Monday. And if it doesn't work, I totally understand that. Yeah. Now, I do want to give you a, a little tidbit. Um, what's going on with the EPC, we have a group called the Westminster Society and it's, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of nerds just teaching people things. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have a uh, season two, actually, um, season one, which is on prayer is probably going to be ending. I think the first or second week in May and okay. we're going to have a week off. So I'll probably do some random interview or something like that on that third Friday but the fourth Friday in May, and I may do it sooner, we're going to do a whole month on our journal we have coming out, which is called The Beauty of the Local Church. Fantastic. So I definitely want you to stay tuned for that because I may end up calling you up to discuss 
the beauty of the local church ah. from different points of views. Uh, I'd be honored. I'll look for that. And uh, anytime uh, that we wonderful, I'd love to interact with you. And, and I'm looking forward to uh, uh, sharing this with my podcast as well. So I appreciate that. And uh, I'll point as many folks as I can towards you. Awesome. Hey, do you, uh, you want to tell us what that J stands for? Uh, uh, John. Okay. So my full name is jo- John Gordon Duncan. My parents decided to call me Gordon. And uh, for whatever reason, I guess they just like the, the flow of John Gordon Duncan. And uh, so I joke on my podcast that uh, this is the podcast of Jay Gordon Duncan. And why the Jay? Well, the answer is I'm not a bagpipe player. So that's what that joke means. The world's foremost bagpipe player in the world is named Gordon Duncan. Nice. So anytime I would go to find a, a web, uh, a URL or an email, they were always taken. And so I just wound up using Jay Gordon Duncan uh, for everything. Um, but funny enough, when I was a kid, my parents, my, excuse me, my brothers and sisters would call me Jay Gordy. So I've never been able to escape it. But, <laughs> but uh, everyone knows me as Gordon, but uh, uh, the J stands for John. Awesome. Awesome. Well, John Gordon, <laughs> yeah. thank you so much for your time and all of your awesome responses and helping us understand to whom we should pray and why. So thank you for listening and God bless you. Thank you, Brandon. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye.